Welcome to At The Whiteboard. I'm Nicole North and I'm your host. This season on At The Whiteboard, we're focusing on everything leadership, learning, and development. We have a ton of great guests ready to share their knowledge. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Welcome to At The Whiteboard. I have the absolute pleasure of having who I always call um, my closest LinkedIn celebrity, uh, Bobby Umar, on the podcast with us. So welcome, Bobby. Thanks, Nicole. Happy to be here. I'm super thrilled to have you. Um, We're going to talk about all things Clubhouse today, and I have to start that out with you were the person that got me introduced to Clubhouse. I had no idea. And it was because of you and you started posting things on LinkedIn. And I went, what? I thought Clubhouse was just going to be some new silly social media. And I got in and I was hooked from the start. So I'm I'm thrilled to talk about that with you today. But let's start first with tell us about yourself and and what you do and and what you're up to in these interesting times. Sure. So um, I am a professional speaker and trainer and I've traveled around the world uh, doing about a thousand keynotes and workshops to over half a million people across four continents. I'm a five-time TEDx speaker. I want to make a magazine's top 100 leadership speakers alongside such notable people as Richard Branson, Brittany Brown, and John C. Maxwell. And speaking and training is my jam. But uh, when COVID hit, things had to switch. Now, I was speaking on topics around leadership development, soft skills, personal branding, uh, digital influence, uh, authentic networking, and things like that. When COVID hit, the speaking industry kind of collapsed, so I had to figure out what I want to do now. And so I started dabbling in different webinars and online platforms until I found things that started to really stick. One of the things I did was I took my entire personal branding uh, program and workshop and digitized it into an online program. Number two, I, storytelling became a really powerful workshop that a lot of people wanted to take, so I started doing that. And then third, I started uh, dabbling into building courses around thought leadership branding itself. So when people are trying to build a thought leadership brand around their career, whether it's on LinkedIn or a blog post, or they're trying to pivot or they're building a side hustle, a lot of people, particularly during uh, the pandemic, are trying to do that uh, more often. So I've been doing these five-day thought leadership challenges and running like eight-week group coaching programs around thought leadership. And then finally, I think Clubhouse is the one that kind of really took off for me December, January, and I've been doing a lot of work on there, running a Thalisha Writing Club, which has almost 10,000 members and 35 weekly sessions uh, with 60 different co-moderators and moderators and session leaders. And I'm also doing trainings on uh, Clubhouse now in terms of how to use Clubhouse, how to create a club on Clubhouse, how to be a better moderator. Uh, But those are probably the main things I'm doing, uh, aside from dabbling in lots of other small contracts here and there. And the other big thing, you know, the coaching is kind of the coaching only programs are the main things I'm doing now in terms of supporting my business. I'm still doing virtual training and whatnot, uh, but they're fewer and farther between than, than the previous years. Yeah, the, the virtual training landscape has uh, been very different. You know, it started off with a bang and ended with a whimper. <laughs> you know, right. it started off with a lot of big Zoom trainings, and now people are just seeking alternative spaces and ways to acquire knowledge. And it doesn't involve them wanting to sit in front of a screen, um, which is why, you know, I've really been exploring and loving Clubhouse. I'm so uh, thrilled to, to experience that I had such a great room this morning. We just had a blast talking about charisma and leadership. Um, but yeah, really exploring other ways that people can learn. And that kind of was going to be... Um, 
you know, our topic today is can Clubhouse be used for learning? Um, so tell us about your kind of starting story with Clubhouse. What got you on initially? What, you know, how did your story about how you got into Clubhouse go? Well, I think uh, we were in the middle of Christmas holidays and we weren't able to travel to my mother-in-law to the West Coast. So we were home and we're like, what do we do? We we're kind of bored. <laughs> Just the four are my family. And uh, several of my friends had been talking about Clubhouse and they pinged me and said, hey, you want to join? And I have an invite. I'm like, oh, okay. And normally I wouldn't take notice of it, but when you have three or four people you know and trust messaging you, I'm like, okay, well, fine. I'll, I'll try. You know, I'm very... I'm a social media guy and I've tried every single thing that's been out there, but uh, I'm also um, I'm also very mindful of the time I spend on social media because it's always something that I get sucked into. And uh, as a social media influencer, I need to know about these new platforms, but I also need to be uh, take care of my time. So I decided to dabble in it on Christmas Eve, <laughs> actually. <laughs> uh, and I went in there and, and about, I'd say about three days, three, four days in, I mean, you know, Christmas, Christmas happened and, uh, and then, by around Boxing Day and the 27th or so, I was like, you know, I totally see the benefit of this thing. And so let me just start hosting rooms. And I started, and so um, I decided to, to, to roll with it. And by late December, before New Year's, we launched LinkedIn Mastery, the first one. And I brought, brought in a whole bunch of LinkedIn experts. And I decided, let's do this every day and see what we can, we can put together. And by the time we got seven days in a row, I was like, okay, you know what, let's make this a daily thing. Let me put together a roster of people. And that's what I started. I started building that one. And in the meantime, I, uh, and then in, in mid January, um, the, I, I got my club and, you know, I, I had to decide what club I wanted to do. And I, I thought of many different types of clubs. You know, I, I was like, well, do I niche it? Do I make it more broad? Uh, but the thought leisure branding piece was, was something that had been coming up uh, recently. And, and actually the inspiration behind it was in December, my team at DYPB, so I run, I run a startup called DYPB Discovery Personal Brand. And when DYPB uh, also was uh, significantly impacted by COVID, we were trying to figure out what to do. We ran uh, a webinar, or we ran it like a, a LinkedIn local, which didn't do that great, or it was just a lot of work to just try to get people to show up. Yeah. So then the idea is like, why don't we do a five-day challenge? And so we said, well, let's, so we started putting out a five-day challenge on thought leadership branding, uh, which we we're going to run in February. And so when I when we launched the club, you know, I could have done a club on Storytown. I could have done a club on public speaking. I could have done a club on personal branding. But I decided to say, you know, let me do Thoughtless Your Brain because it aligns perfectly with the five-day challenge we're doing in February. And Thoughtless Your Brain encompasses so much stuff like branding, communications, uh, relationship building, innovation, content. So let's just do that. And then we can niche out the, the rooms within the club. And so I launched that. And then I started uh, reaching out to people Pretty, pretty proactively on uh, on Instagram and LinkedIn. But hey, listen, um, if you if you're already running sessions, you know of a club, why don't you do it at my club? Because it's a great brand cachet, and I'll tweet it tweet it to my half million followers on Twitter and help you build that brand. And then um, as more and more people started coming on board, I started realizing there's more and more I could do. So then I started uh, offering coaching sessions for people to help them grow because a lot of people didn't know how, what they were doing, and they're like, how do I do this and how do I grow? So let me offer weekly coaching calls and let me offer some resources and here's a script you can use. And um, it just started to grow and, uh, and now it's taken off, which is great. So now at this point, three months in or three and a half months in, we now have almost 10,000 members and about 35 weekly sessions. So, um, and, and Clubhouse, you know, 
they always there's always articles about Clubhouse, the death of Facebook, the death of Clubhouse, or whatever we want to say. But <laughs> I, I personally believe that Clubhouse, you know, given how much it's been, uh, you know, has grown in the last, you know, two three months, and how there's so many people feeling uh, FOMO, particularly the Android people. Uh, it's gonna when the Android opens up, it's gonna take off again. It's gonna be pretty awesome. And I think, you know, even in the summer when we're out there, you know, there may be less, but that's the same with anything. There's less people on webinars, less training, less podcasts, but you know, the fall return and we'll be back doing this stuff. And the reason why I think people will love, love clubhouse is because you can integrate it more easily into your life without taking away from other, other times from other things, right? Because yeah. you can do it while doing dishes or laundry or going for a walk or, or what, whatnot. And so I sometimes I love hearing the sizzle, the sizzle of you cooking when you're on Clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'm cooking. Sometimes I'm doing dishes. Um, and uh, you know, I, I think that the interact, the the authentic, audible voice of, of Clubhouse is great. The ability to create democratized podcasting where we're all together on stage sharing thoughts and ideas. Um, people love that kind of stuff. And uh, I can tell you that's even transformed my business. So for me, yeah, I mean, the, the Clubhouse story has been a great, a great one. And I'm. You know, and what what's suffered? I mean, you know, the other ones have suffered, but only a little bit because, again, I'm integrating it when I'm doing dishes or I'm doing other stuff stuff around the house. Sometimes I've done it while grocery shopping. So you can integrate your life. The only so you know, LinkedIn hasn't suffered, but I think Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter have suffered a little bit. Maybe you know, I spend ten to twenty percent less on those platforms, uh, whereas a clubhouse, I've, I've ramped it up quite a bit. Incredible, incredible. So what it, what made you notice right away that made you think it was a valuable platform? You know, what kind of, well, what, I, I mean, because you must have an instinct for this. You obviously, you know, you're an influencer. So what gave you that kind of butterfly feeling that said, oh my goodness, this is, this is going to be big? Yeah, it's a good question. I think that, um, you know, my first TED talk and one of my main expertise I talk about is what I call the power of connection, right? How to connect people on a deeper level. And I've talked about that in my networking keynotes. I've talked about that in my social media keynotes. And so when I got on the platform, you know, the fact that within four or five days, I met a few people who eventually, who led to, which led to other conversations. And they, and we started talking about ideas and plans. And pretty soon, like Juliana Bolden, for example, she helped me launch LinkedIn Mastery. I just met her on the platform. And within a couple of days, we started talking about ideas, what we could do. And I felt a, a strong connection with the the, the, connect, the conversation we were having. We were having some really, like we threw in all these great conversations. Some of them were deep, some of them were, you know, fun and silly, but uh, I could definitely see that there was opportunity to have really deep, powerful conversations on this platform. And that's kind of what convinced me to do it. And also I think the fact that I knew how easy it was, I was like, this is so easy because I was doing other stuff while I was doing this and then providing value. Because, you know, whenever I do a, a LinkedIn live stream or whatever I do a webinar, like I'm fully immersed on my laptop and I'm engaged and I can't do anything else. Whereas here I was having, I was going for a walk and having these deep conversations about vulnerability and, and body image and LinkedIn and posture syndrome. I was like, wow. So I, I noticed that early on that there was not only the ability to have deep conversations, but also that people were really connecting on a deeper level very quickly, uh, even after just a half, half hour call. So that's really what, what convinced me that it was definitely here to stay because it was different. It was different. And the other thing I, I was comparing to podcasts, you know, uh, I, I've been on over 150 podcasts 
and uh, I've always 151 been told now, 151. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, I've, I've lost track of the count, but I think it's somewhere between 150 to 200. But what I can tell you is that, you know, uh, people always ask me to do my own podcast and I, I don't, I haven't done it because I prefer to be a guest, but I have, I do the live cast on, on LinkedIn. But, uh, you know, I said, this is better than a podcast because it's, it's easily digestible content, but we're having a, a, a group circle discussion, which is amazing. So that's why I saw this is the, the, the way to go. Yeah. And no, no editing, no adding sound bites, which is kind of the, the painful part of podcasting. And I love the no DMs, even though I know they're thinking about bringing it in, but uh, I, I love the fact there's no DMs. I think that's really cool. Um, I love the, the structured format because you're either listening or you're on stage asking questions or sharing or you're leading the conversation. I think that's very, it's a very simple process and I totally get the appeal of it. Yeah, really. Uh, I always say that for me, uh, Clubhouse is so amazing because I'm, you know, I'm an, I'm an extrovert, preference for extroversion. And so that means I do a lot of my thinking through my mouth. It bypasses my, my brain entirely. And I, I say I sometimes all of my thoughts solidify and crystallize when I talk um, and when I listen to others and when we develop ideas. And that really is what happens uh, for me on Clubhouse. But as you said, I love the idea that people can uh, flex their extroversion muscle by jumping up on stage and, and sharing a comment. And similarly, uh, flex their introvert muscle by taking time to just sit back and listen and and really absorb the content there. And I, to be honest, it's wonderful to hear how well people use active listening skills, right? They're saying, well, thank you, Ted, for mentioning that. Uh, you know, I see in your profile, you have this and you mentioned this. And I think it's just so wonderful people practicing those skills without the stress of the video. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, uh, yeah, I totally agree with you. Uh, it just, it's just so, so easy to use and I think uh, and very practical. Yeah, so not too long ago, uh, you posted that Clubhouse has, has brought in some pay options, kind of, a, and they've, they've labeled it a bit of a tip. And so there was some interesting conversations going on about what that should be called and how that should work. Tell us a little bit more about um, the pay option on Clubhouse and how that might work. Yeah, so the idea is that, uh, you know, if, if you're a session leader and you're doing a good job and people like the content, they feel like they're valuing what they're getting, they can pay you. So you can set up a payment. And so there's an automatic payment where it's like um, $5, 10 $20 or something other. And people can pay with so people, you know, right away when it, when it opened up, people sent me like a couple of five, ten dollar things just to test it out with some of my colleagues on there. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. We're still learning how we're still trying to figure out how to use it, right? Because to me it feels a bit awkward asking for a tip per se. But I certainly think that you could say, look, I'm gonna offer uh, 40, 45 minutes of training right now in a, in a private room. And if you uh, if you come to it, uh, I invite you to pay what you value. And see what happens. I mean, I haven't tried, I haven't tested that, but I mean, that's something you could do. Um, uh, I think uh, for me, I'm waiting more for when they have uh, paid rooms. So I'm going to do this training in this exclusive session. You have to pay money to enter the room. That's kind of what I'm looking for. Because yeah. how do you get people to pay uh, afterwards? I mean, sure, there, there's you know, there's good karma and whatnot, but. Um, and again, I'm I'm an experimenter. I'll experiment with everything. So I haven't had time really, really to do uh, do a room, but maybe I will. I'll just say, hey, I'm going to talk about, for example, I'm going to talk about how to get a TED talk because I've done five of them, 
and uh, and I'll just say pay what you value afterwards. And I've seen other people do this. I've seen some people use it for club revenue generation. So they're running a club and they say, you know, I'm going to give you some great insights here. And all the money that I, uh, I create here is going to go into building the, our club that's going to serve you with other stuff. So we might do that for the Thought Leisure Brain Club. We just haven't uh, articulated uh, or planned that yet. Super cool. And so one of the things that I've been exploring is, again, we noticed that uh, out with a bang and, and out with a whimper of, of virtual training and virtual instructor-led training, you know, one of my focuses over the last little while has been, is audio training um, an option and a way, you know, as you mentioned, to allow people to become unglued from their, from their computers, or as I feel, I'm, I'm often trapped in my basement because my my kids are upstairs, um, so my working space is downstairs. Um, is there an opportunity to blend, let's say, health and wellness with um, a podcast-style learning or a clubhouse-style learning room so that people can get out and walk while they learn or get out and hop on the treadmill, hop on the elliptical, hop on their bike, cook dinner with their kids, whatever that might be. Um, and so what do you think there's an opportunity for... Um, more complex and longer scale learning and development training on Clubhouse or other audio formats? I think so. I mean, it, you know, it depends on what the topic is and what you want to talk about, but certainly sharing insights and uh, the idea of, you know, training on different topics, you can totally do that from an audio perspective. It's just different because people are, you know, taking notes and, and the benefit to the, the benefit to a, to a trainer is the benefit to a trainer is you know to be able to um you know have their notes in front of them as they're talking right so uh, i think that you could they can articulate what they want really really quickly here are the three tips for for tedx talks here's the three tips for networking um i think the only challenge is doing it on a longer form format because the way it's set up is you can't really go like it's, it's hard to, to do it for three hours and then take a break so i think I think it's for shorter training. I think that would work really well. So you could probably do an hour training on something and then have them come again the next day for another training. So when I ran my five-day uh, challenge on validation branding, which was a Zoom call, um, and I had slides, uh, you could do some other similar thing on audio only. But you know the complexity uh, is harder to do because you can't show slides and information and data. So I think that's the only thing that would be a little bit different. The other thing to keep in mind is you can also create training where there's huge coaching or um, Q&A type opportunities. So if you want to do like some sort of coaching training where there's a lot of Q&A or the support and development, then I think you could definitely do that as well. Oh, that's a very, very cool idea. I never thought of that. We uh, saw a lot of the training that I've done in the past. We've had an actor come in and let's say you're teaching coaching skills to a uh, manager uh, you have someone come in as an actor, as a frustrated employee, or someone who hasn't yeah, you know, delivered. Yeah, it's role playing, but it's experiential with an actor. So yeah, you get yeah. to stay, say, say, you know, you don't have to play a character. You get to be you in your job, in your role, and and act out a scene with um, an actor who behaves and acts like a whole person. Yeah, you know, so I did that myself like, years ago. So years ago, I was I was an actor uh, for a diversity training for a TD Bank. And uh, yeah, it was fun, you know, like, cause I had all these like executives and CEO types who were interact with, interact with me and they didn't know how to uh, <laughs> navigate that diversity and inclusion kind of uh, 
um, content as I, as we were doing it. It was kind of fun. And then afterwards, you know, we 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 get the, the the debrief and and tell them who I was and what I was thinking, how they were going along. That was a lot of fun. So I enjoyed that. Very very cool. Yeah, I I think it's a fabulous way, and so that's a, a great application. Um, what are your thoughts on other platforms developing audio capabilities? Well, I mean, just like uh, just like stories first came out on Snapchat, then Instagram took it, then Facebook took it, then Twitter took it, then LinkedIn took it, right? So, uh, you know, and I, the, the appeal of stories is very, very simple, and I totally get it behind the scenes. You can put numerous pieces of, uh, of content there. It disappears. You don't have to worry about putting it behind one singular post. So stories have been great. Similar with the audio thing. So now we have Twitter Spaces, which has an audio component. Facebook's working on one, too. I think it's just a natural uh, extension of the things that they can do for people. So I think LinkedIn would probably and should do it maybe as a way to revitalize their, their terrible groups that, uh, you know, are like cemeteries. So they could do that. They could do that to, to offer that opportunity to have conversations like mini conferences and mini, mini meetings and whatnot. Uh, so I think they're all going to do it. The question is who's doing, who's doing it well. I've heard from some people the feedback on Twitter Spaces was actually pretty cool. People are liking the the engagement aspect because you can have you can have reactions that show up in your kind of your face profile and, and like a thumbs up or a heart and people see it as people are talking. You know, like on on, on Clubhouse, we're limited to just the clapping thing, right? We're all on, off, on, and off. yeah, that's only if you're on stage. Correct. That's right. Whereas uh, on this on this other platform on Twitter Spaces, you can actually put little emojis into your face profile it just shows up for like two seconds like you're like heart thumbs up like that type of thing and everyone it's sees it totally emulates of uh, you know the training experience that you get on like a zoom training for example yeah you can give a thumbs up which is great but you know people need that uh feedback and that that is a bit a little bit missing on clubhouse so i i, yeah. I agree that would be fantastic well, yeah and the question is too will it take away from clubhouse will they lose people maybe but you know again there's always this there's always this thing about uh, you're either different, great, or first. And so, you know, they're first and they can keep working, working on being great, being different because they have already a subscriber base that's like, you know, in the millions and they're going to get even millions more when Android shows up. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, but I think for the most part, you know, they create a culture. The, the thing that's really important is culture. Social media platforms have cultures. And so the culture of Clubhouse is in its infancy. And going into we're heading into preteen, the preteen years, the tween years. <laughs> Are people and starting so, to rebel now? Well, what I mean is they're well, they're trying different things, they're rebelling different ways, and the the, the culture here is getting immersed, right? We're, we're starting to really feel it, and we're immersing ourselves in the culture. Whereas when an existing platform like Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn offer these audio services, uh, it may not be something that we want to do, or everyone's going to want to do. But, you know, those platforms have their existing user base, right? Facebook has 2 billion plus people and LinkedIn has 750 million people. So they're still going to benefit from it. But it's, it's probably going to be one of those things where it's just like, it's one of those extra things that they have to have because everyone else, is ha everyone else has it too. Right. I'm always, uh, I've been forever impressed with the culture and politeness and um, people's adherence to the rules around Clubhouse, you know? stepping up on stage, waiting your turn, muting, keeping it concise, not interrupting anyone else. Like I find it a very respectful and civilized culture. Yeah, I think I, I agree with you. In fact, one of the reasons why I love Clubhouse currently in this form without the DMs is that 
uh, you know, having been on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and seeing the trolls and divisive stuff and all that kind of stuff. I mean, Twitter's the worst and Facebook's, uh, you know, a strong second. And then, yeah, and for now, sure. And now, and now LinkedIn and Instagram are seeing it too. Um, one of the things I love about Clubhouse is it really minimizes trolling twofold. Number one, when someone comes on stage and starts spewing nastiness, right, you mute them. If they, if they can't, you know, continue to be in their better behavior, you put them back in the audience and they have no power. They have zero power. What are they going to do? They can't do anything because they can't DM you and say, oh, you're such a piece of this, a piece of that. And I'm like, whatever. Um, sky is falling, whatever they want to say. Um, they, can't, they can't even DM you, right? So from that standpoint, not only can you mute them from the audience, but also they can't DM you there's a huge protective layer around the trolls and the haters and the divisive stuff. And, but so, and then that, on top of that, we now, we now have people being really respectful with the culture and they're, you know, like all the time people are like, Oh no, sorry, you go ahead. Oh, oh sorry, you go ahead. Like they're, they're very polite. And so I love it. it it's amazing. And I, you know, I love the little, you know, the kind of subculture stuff of people saying, you know, this is Nicole and I am done speaking. Like it's just so, right. it, it's so interesting and fascinating and it's so, it's it without, and I don't mean that without question in a bad way, just this is how it is and this is what I do and, and, and we're great. And I just think it's, I think it's been fascinating to observe. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm very like, cur curious what the future holds. Yeah, like we're slowly uh, watching the unveiling of this culture. I mean, you know, I remember when I first got on, on Facebook you know, back in like 2006 or something, and like, you know, no <laughs> one was, supposed, and, you know, watching how that's evolved over time. Same with Twitter, same with LinkedIn. It's fascinating, right? I mean, how these cultures, you know, start to evolve. And so this one is kind of cool to see it from the very beginning uh, and seeing how it's going. So, yeah, it's pretty cool to, to observe and see how it will evolve. So what do you, what do you think the future holds and, and will it stand the test of time? Well, that's pretty difficult to say, but I mean, uh, you know, every, every platform has its own kind of niche in, in, in how it works, right? And Clubhouse has the unique feature that authentic audible conversations in a dem democratic podcast format, it's the only one, right? So I think that it does have a, an opportunity for longevity. Uh, how it rolls out, I mean, you know, they're still working on a lot of kinks and things like that, but they still have to open up to the entire public. And then the question is, how are they going to manage all these conversations, all the people and things like that? You know, it's going to be a lot of noise. Uh, but from what I'm seeing and, and all the things they're doing, I mean, and there's still, they're still small, like there's a lot of little things that they're missing out on. Like, for example, I submitted a request like a, a, more than a month and a half ago saying, look, I have a thousand members in my club and I want to make one of them an admin. And I have to keep scrolling to look for the, where is this person? If you just if you give me like a search function where I can just type their name in and I can see where they are, I can quickly click on their name and just say add as an admin. <clears throat> so like just something simple like that, uh, they don't have that. You know, Facebook was really good about getting people's feedback to you know for, for beta and alpha testing to improve features. And so I think you know Clubhouse needs to get that going and be really quick about that. Uh, but I think that's going to uh, help take it to the next level. But I, I certainly think that. The future is going to be we're going to have, you know, there's going to be more private rooms. Like right now, everyone's doing public rooms. But one of the trends are going to be, are going to be private rooms and how do they work. Uh, and the other thing is going to be paid rooms. I think that's going to be an interesting development as well. And then, uh, you know, and also they're launching their content creator 
platform where they have where they're gonna have these you know quote unquote shows right this weekly show like a like they're because people are people are doing some really fun stuff like there was one person uh, Ding he actually did this thing where everyone uh, rapped and sang something for like a little bit I, I thought that was kind of fun I'd love to do that I was thinking about that I was like I was thinking let's host a room and I'll just I'll, I'll invite people to share like sixteen bars of their favorite musical theater number that'll be that'll be a blast right. People, sh- people sharing poems or uh, the other one I had in mind was everyone come up and do your worst or your best impression of somebody, someone <laughs> famous, right? That would be so much fun, right? So I think that we're going to start seeing more of that fun, creative stuff um, coming down the pipeline as well. The way people have been created with TikTok, you're going to get a lot of creativity with, uh, with uh, Clubhouse as well. Incredible. And so for someone who uh, wants to try Clubhouse and 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 get some learning from it. Let's, you know, if they want to learn something on thought leadership or, uh, you know, different subject matters, where do you suggest they start and, and what's the best place for them to begin their Clubhouse journey? Well, the first thing I'll say is that, you know, if you go on Clubhouse, uh, follow me and follow our Thought Leadership Branding Club because then you can notify of all the different... Uh, uh, things that we're doing, the conversation that we're starting, especially if you uh, ring the bell beside my beside my name. That's that's the first thing I'd say. But uh, the second thing is, you know, if you if you put in your interests and you do searches, you'll be able to find rooms, and you start trying rooms. And some of them are terrible, and some are some of them are really good. So you have to dabble a little bit for the first few times, and you start to see which rooms are good, which rooms are bad. Uh, but I think if you start with established clubs like ours. You know, all the rooms are vetted. We do a pretty good job, and so you'll see different rooms and different topics, and what their what their different styles are, and you'll find the one that works for you. Uh, but it's also important to then you know fill your profile, fill out your interests, so that you know exactly what you want to do on the platform, and then decide: Do you want to listen? Do you want to ask questions and share knowledge, or do you want to, and do or do you want to lead sessions, or do you want to do a mix? Choose what uh, what way you want to engage, because you know, like it's just like Twitter and Twitter. 70% of Twitter readers are just readers. They don't actually tweet, right? Because they're there just to consume all the content. So there's going to be people on Clubhouse who are there just to consume the content and just listen. That's fine. You can do that as well. And how do you, now you said, you know, some rooms are good, some rooms are bad. What, what constitutes a really great room? Uh, I think it comes down to the facilitation of the discussion, right? So either people are really navigating uh, and facilitating a really powerful discussion that's adding value and creating insights, or they're having some great Q&A where people can ask questions and they're answering tons of questions and, and providing that knowledge. I think the, the ones that are bad is where you have people just talking and yammering on for a long period of time and not really adding that much value. Or it's uh, it's a whole bunch of people and they just keep interrupting each other. It's just like, okay, like I'm not getting any value from listening to this conversation. Um, you know, I've seen, I've seen a lot of that in some of the rooms and then some of the rooms are just really weird, you know, like some of them that you, if you're particularly ones that are like political, <laughs> if you go into those rooms, like, man, they are heavy handed. And if you want to go down that rabbit hole, it can be pretty consuming and exhausting. So just a question of what you like, but you know, each room attracts their own kind of audience. Yeah. I, I would say a really, a strong facilitator, someone that knows how to, uh, manage and drive a conversation and that they're truly actively listening so that they're actually creating a, a thread through the conversation is super important. I think having enough kind of experts on your panel or, you know, co-moderators that can help, again, 
provide yeah. really great value into your conversation. Like me in a room by myself, sure. It can just get boring though of one person coming in. So when you have multiple people that you can draw on to help uh, create that fulsome, rich conversation is what uh, really brings success. Yeah, and one of the things we're doing too in the Thology Brand Club is we're offering resources and support and coaching to help people become better moderators. And on top of that, we are now gonna be launching uh, on, our, on our new website, uh, you know, paid moderators. You need a moderator who's you know, kick-ass what they do and know what they're doing, then you can hire one of our people that's uh, one of our featured session leaders and to, to bring them to your room to help your room grow and to moderate in, in a professional style. Incredible. So wonderful. I haven't had a chance to uh, come to any of those trainings yet, but uh, it's definitely on my list when I have a, a kid-free Sunday, if that ever happens. Awesome. <laughs> well, Bobby, it's been absolutely fabulous to chat with you today about everything Clubhouse and what opportunities for, for individuals to learn and maybe for uh, those thought leaders that want to share content topics, how they can really um, start to provide a, um, you know, a, a space for learning and we'll see how the monetization of that works. Uh, but where can uh, our listeners find you, Bobby, and, and access what you're working on? Yeah, so you can find me across all different platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Clubhouse, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, under the, the handle Rayhan Bobby, R-A-E-H-A-N-B-O-B-B-Y. And our websites are www.dypb.ca and www.rayallen.com. And if you just Google me, I'm everywhere. So you can uh, just do that. And you'll see all the different platforms that I'm on. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Bobby. Ah, we never sang any musical theater. I was hoping that at some point there would be some, like, word trigger where we could jump into some, some Broadway song. Well, you know, it's interesting. Just the other day, I was thinking about this because uh, I was dared to uh, do a yes. theater song on LinkedIn. I was, in, so, I was in the room with you. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm working on what I, I started practicing a couple of songs in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to figure out which ones to do. Like, I don't know what I have to do. Like, I was thinking of doing Javert's uh, Stars from Les Miserables. Nice. And then, and then uh, what else? What else was I working on? A couple. But there's a few that I, that I have in mind that I might do. So I'm just trying to figure out which one to do. I was thinking of doing oh, another, another one is from Chess, uh, the musical. Yeah. There's lots of them, but I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out what to do. There's a, that Chess duet is one of my favorite duets of all time. So, well, I was thinking of Anthem, actually. So Anthem and uh, Chess is what I, what I was thinking of. There you go. There you There's go. Another, well, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to know them. I can't figure it out. Well, but I, but it, it's going to come up. Not, not, not soon, but at some point. <laughs> I can't wait for it to pop up. Uh, thanks again, Bobby, for taking the time with us today at At The Whiteboard. Uh, this is going to be a fabulous show for people, and uh, I really appreciate your time and sharing all your clubhouse knowledge with everyone. Glad to help. Thanks so much, Nicole. Have a great day. You too. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us at At The Whiteboard. We've had an amazing time with you here today. If you want to keep up to date with everything that at the whiteboard podcast is doing make sure that you rate review and subscribe to the podcast you can also find us on instagram at whiteboard consult or on our website at www.whiteboardconsulting.ca talk soon